So, welcome to the latest episode of the Private Practice Pro podcast. My name is Giles Davies. I'm the co-founder of Private Practice Pro, an on-demand video course helping consultants, portfolio GPs, and other healthcare practitioners become healthcare entrepreneurs and set up their own private medical practice or healthcare business from start to finish. Visit www.privatepracticepro.co.uk for more information. So let's get into today's podcast, which is around remote versus video consultations, how to use them, when to use them, and how to set up a total triage model to screen all of your patients for seeing them face-to-face, remotely, or via the tablet. So, let's start. It's important to remember that what's happened in the last year and a half is transformed general practice in particular. Across the country, online and video consultations, which were previously quite rare, have now become a universal available option. And actually, practices have continued to maintain their self-service delivery throughout this crisis by being able to do this. And it's led to national guidance now about general practice adapting to a remote first model which incorporates online phone and video consultations alongside face-to-face care. So you're not, if you're not up to speed and you haven't got into this yet in a major way, it's time to start thinking about making your private medical practice a total triage model, formulating standard operating procedures to be able to triage and offer your patients video consultations safely. I'm going to start by talking about some top tips. So let's start with safety. You've got to feel confident that you can form a safe and satisfactory assessment and agree a clinically appropriate management plan with using a video consultation. You've got to trust your instincts. You need to be vigilant. You need to consider their safeguarding, capacity, and confidentiality issues and how you're going to explore these fully and if you've got concerns don't feel shy about converting that remote consultation to a face-to-face assessment or referring them on to somebody who can see them face-to-face remember a video consultation is just that it's a consultation not just a triage process you should triage the patient well before you offer them the video consultation Secondly, remain quite curious. Think about how you can reassure the patient. Find out what's worrying them. It can be a bit harder, can't it, to assess nonverbal cues and emotions remotely. Check and confirm with your patient their understanding and their expectations and be really, really clear on the next steps. One of the most important pieces of advice I'd give you is to be extremely explicit on safety netting. Remember, if that patient's coming back repeatedly for remote consultations, think about changing one to a face-to-face or referring on. Those are the sort of patients who may be squirreling away a real problem behind the scenes and it's kind of a bit easier just to sort of touch base with the doctor without really facing up to their inner concerns. Don't always trust what the patients are saying they want to see you about. Read between the lines. Is there another agenda or are they actually trying to seek help for something a little bit more serious and they don't? It's also uh, important to be quite flexible. 
this is point number four I think change the mode of consultation if needed and don't rush spend your time building your rapport but also listening and allowing space for questions it can be a little bit sort of Q&A yes no yes no in the video you mustn't make it like that and I actually think to be honest I wouldn't assume that a video consultation is going to be any shorter than a face-to-face consultation in fact it may actually take a longer period of time you need to heighten your senses and assess where the patient is what's their environment like is there someone else in the room can they be overheard are they looking like they are being overheard do they feel safe be alert to those clues and cues you should be able to identify a patient's concern through the language they're using so if it's not English is the first language. Do you need a translation service? Actually, do you need to be face-to-face? And if you're consulting with adolescents, have a little think about whether, if a parent is present, whether they should leave the room for the last few minutes to allow that young person to have a confidential and safe space to explore. It's really important that you kind of train your staff properly, and this is point number five or six. I'm losing track. I use script to support my PA team. What is a script? It's a written guidance that allows reception and other staff to communicate with patients in a very uniform and systematic way about how they can access services. And this is the starting point really of your total triage model because the the PA team needs to follow a very clear standard operating procedure around how patients access your services and who goes into video, who stays at telephone, who can just get a text message and who needs to be seen face to face. And so train your staff that they can always reassure patients that there's a face to face option. It's often, particularly I think when we're in some of the lockdowns, we were very quick to say, look, there's only video available, only video available. And of course there wasn't actually. There was always an option of a patient attending a hospital with all of the drama and precautions that needed to be taken if they had a real problem. And in fact, probably that over-dependence on video has led to the delay in a lot of cancer diagnoses and other serious health issues such as strokes and heart attacks. And so we really need to think forwards now as a medical community about establishing a total triage model that allows all patients to have the flexibility of the right right appointment for them. So that's some of my top tips. So I use a bit of a checklist. And I think if if you're starting as a private general practitioner or starting your own clinic or even starting a physiotherapy service or a new private practice as a medical or surgical consultant, start by following a bit of a checklist about um, your triaging process. So the first question I will ask is can the patient be seen remotely or would seeing the patient face to face change what I do? Question two, can I get the information needed to form a diagnosis from a video consultation? Yes or no? Question three, can I actually build a satisfactory relationship with the patient? Question four, could I provide follow-on or continuity care uh, if I start down this route or actually do I know at some point I need to see them anyway uh, face to face so I may as well do that to start with. Question five, can I 
adequately communicate with the patient in a two two way modality or are they kind of not going to be able to access the tech is it going to be uh, a language issue uh, are they physically not in the country um is it is it harder to have a deeper consultation uh, than um i might get from the video question 5 what is the patient's preference so what is it why are they requesting a face to face consultation it could be for very good reasons so if you sort of sort of um push them back and say sorry it's just video and they get pressured into taking that consultation they may be seeing you because they think there's something seriously wrong so do take into account the patient's preference number 6 pretty obvious but does the patient require an examination Remember, you may have the most HD special camera set up and boom mics and studio lighting. The patient may want to be consulting you from their phone. Could you see their mole clearly or is it going to be a sort of pixelated image? Number seven. Do you have concerns about the patient's safety, capacity or safeguarding? If in doubt, you need to see them face to face. And if you, for example, if you think they might be the victims of domestic abuse or are they going to be unable to make a free decision because they're under pressure from others or in fact are there you know are they is the only place they can do a video consultation is in front of their whole family and they've got a private and confidential uh, clinical problem yeah obvious number eight another really important question to to address has the patient consulted about the same problem repeatedly are their needs being met or are they actually, are you missing something? Number nine, are there steps you could do before a face-to-face -face consultation or a video consultation? Actually, it's becoming more common for me to think about, actually, this patient's going to need blood tests or it's going to need an x-ray. So I'm going to do that first because I know I'm going to need the results of that in order to make my decision and I know they're going to need that investigation from their remote questionnaire so it allows you to wrap all of your care up into one effective video consultation by performing tests before if it's fairly obvious they're needed. Number 10 are you confident in delivering technology to re deliver remote consultations? Don't sort of join the video consultation revolution if you really aren't confident in using it effectively so think carefully if you're a very senior doctor is this the time to sort of throttle back a bit and uh, and leave it for the younger guys who are going to do all the tech stuff and finally point number 11 I've started to see patients international patients who I might see physically or, or receive written information about offering a second opinion I'm starting to see these people request uh, video consultations overseas and the first thing I did was uh, speak to my medical director and think hmm how does this work from a medical legal perspective think very carefully before you start accessing an international patient marketplace uh, you've got to be really careful that you're not delivering care to those patients remotely in another territory because you can be liable in that territory for the care that you've given. That is different from reviewing information and providing a second opinion where you're not actually uh, providing a management or care.
pathway. So think very, very carefully about the framework in which you're offering international patients. It's different from if you've seen them uh, or treated them in the UK and it's a quick follow-up appointment uh, to say how you are. Um, but it, or, or if you're working alongside a, a colleague uh, who's looking after the patient internationally and they just want to see your friendly face because you did the operation. Those are different situations. So think very carefully. So follow that checklist and use it to set up your standard operating procedure and scripting for your PA team providing a so I've been talking about total practice triage. Now what do I mean by that and how does it apply to you if you're setting up a private medical practice? You've got to provide a standard operating procedure so that your doctors and your PA team and all of your administrative staff can follow systematically processes when a patient inquires to see you so that the right patient is seen either via video or with a telephone consultation or having a face-to-face -face consultation or indeed just receiving a message. So when a patient inquires they may submit or book an appointment to see you online through your website and what I do with my patients is when they book online I use my HADOC practice management software to respond automatically with a structured online consultation form. This is encrypted and allows the patient to securely fill out their pre-appointment information detailing what's wrong with them, why they want to be seen, their medicines, allergies, COVID screening, GDPR compliance, they can review the privacy notice and sign it all digitally. Now that allows an administrative team to filter and submit those clinical forms to the appropriate clinician so that they can review and assess them. That way the clinical history is presented in a quick and easy way and that clinician can then review that patient's request, it might be for a face-to-face, -face, online, and respond. So what are the four ways in which a patient could then be treated? They could, for example, if they're just requesting a repeat prescription, receive an online text message through the secure practice management software, which could say, yes, Mrs. Jones, uh, a repeat prescription is a, will be waiting for you at reception. It could lead, after review of that clinical history, to a video consultation if the patient's booked it and you've approved it as being a suitable consultation for them. You could just have a shorter telephone consultation with the patient if in fact that is the best way to see them at that time. Or you could convert the video to a face-to-face -face consultation or if they've requested a face-to-face -face consultation uh, approve that and see them in that way. So if you like what you're doing is screening your patients and allocating the appropriate consultation. Now, the vast majority of the time, if a patient requests a video, it's going to be suitable for a video. And face-to-face, -face, again, suitable for face-to-face. -face, but it allows clinical oversight, and that is the triage process. It's really important that at the front end of all of your services, the patient is able to phone the practice, and the staff can send them an online questionnaire to fill out. Um, or, or indeed, they could come in and complete it prior to their face-to-face -face consultation if needed. So you need to be able to cater for all patients of all sizes, shapes, ages and disabilities so that the non-digital savvy and the digital savvy are accessing your services uh, just uh, in an equitable and fair way. So that is a single workflow 
total triage model. You need to train your staff. So I hope I've given you some advice on the top tips around offering video consultations safely and establishing a total triage model. I think this is going to be really, really important if you're setting up in private general practice, but also I would encourage every healthcare practitioner to do this. It's really important if you're using remote questionnaires and structured templates that you have clinical oversight of these so you can be really squeaky clean with the CQC about being safe, effective and responsive to your patient's needs. That way you'll get amazing feedback after your video consultations and your practice will be really, really busy. I hope that's been a useful podcast for you budding healthcare entrepreneurs and I look forward to seeing you at next week's podcast. Do tune in and subscribe to take advantage of the amazing discounted offer you get for the Private Practice Pro on-demand video course. Look forward to seeing you then. Stay safe and goodbye.